The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it is also packed full of powerful features. It all starts with invoicing, but actually FreshBooks has so many features to help keep you organized and streamline the business side of being a freelancer or a small business owner. The FreshBooks dashboard has been curated to answer the one burning question for any small business owner. How is my business doing? No more guessing games on what's owed, what's overdue, or whether or not you're in the red. If you have any questions whatsoever, the FreshBooks award-winning customer service team is amazingly helpful, super friendly with zero attitude. Plus, a real life person usually answers in three rings or less create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds guys set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day unrestricted trial to my listeners to claim it just go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. Today is September 28th, 2017. I think we all can collectively say, where does the time go? Um, I went on my social media uh, yesterday and today. Um, if you aren't following me, I am on Instagram at myleek, M-Y-L-E-I-K. Um, and I'm also on Facebook. I have a fan page where... I have been asking questions and actually have been able to answer them in the comments. I find that it's so much easier um, to type out answers. So if you aren't uh, following me on that Facebook page, go ahead and find me there. uh, And I post articles and I answer questions. So that's that. Um, The majority of the questions so far have been about my pregnancy, which I don't know if you know this, uh, but I announced it a few weeks ago that I am expecting a child, a human being. Um, so most of the questions have been about that. Uh, they have been about my journey to pregnancy, my journey to motherhood, my feelings about motherhood, um, joy after loss, uh, pregnancy at a mature age, what sort of diet and exercise I've had, excuse me, how I came to the decision to become a mother, um, what my visions, fears, and expectations are as I entered this next phase of life. So I pretty much sort of mashed up all of those questions. I pretty much pulled sort of like the highlights out of a lot of the questions that I got, and I made some notes. Now, I haven't really shared much about my pregnancy for a few reasons. Um, I personally take issue with society's obsession with marriage and children. I really, really do. Um, I don't like the pressure that I feel like women feel, um, especially I feel like us women of color. Um, I don't like um, how much like marriage getting pregnant is like an accomplishment unless you know you have been infertile I totally get that but it's like we give so much praise um and that it this is my own personal issue but I do like it just it kind of bugs me a little bit because I'm just like wow some a woman can accomplish so many amazing things in her life and it's not until she either gets married or she gets pregnant um that we like say whoa and celebrate her um 
uh, there's also a thing I feel like uh, motherhood is so sort of the baby bump is is so exciting and there's a level of social prestige that comes with it um and I think motherhood is more about the hard task of raising polite children you know who will go on to be come responsible and thoughtful adults um I see this as the most important task of my life and the truth is that it's absolutely frightening some days I ask myself can I even do this um this is obviously a rhetorical question and I'm not exactly seeking encouragement it will all be fine these are my real feelings and I also find that like I am one of those kind of people who isn't always looking to end my pain or suffering if you will and you're probably like what the heck is she talking about but sometimes if I say okay due to this pregnancy I'm going through whatever I feel like everyone is in a rush to like give you their antidote anecdote um and you let and sometimes I'm, I'm okay with feeling bad sometimes like sometimes I'm not in a rush to take the Tylenol or to find you know or to have the ginger gum sometimes I'm actually okay with feeling some pain and going through some suffering just because I think it's just good for me as a human being to not always try to sort of soothe or make myself feel better. Uh, A little bit of pain isn't going to kill me. Um, I also have been pretty sick uh, for the most part, you know, and I hate to be a person that's constantly complaining. Um, I lucky, I'm lucky that I get to do it every day at home, every day at home. I'm constantly complaining about how awful I feel. Uh, my latest drama this morning was that I had a headache, like a bad headache from about 3.30 a.m. until about nine, like a nonstop headache. And so every time I'm asked how I feel, I always say the scale is one to 10, one being terrible, 10 being amazing. I never feel amazing. Um, most days I hover in the four to seven range. Um, I have some good moments though. And on those days I cherish them. Um, for the question of like the decision to start a family, deciding to start a family was a long, long drawn out conversation between my partner and I, um, mostly focused on whether or not we wanted to do this. Um, we both didn't know for so long, but I felt like, it was a conversation that should never be taken off the table until we knew for sure it was a definitive yes or no. So it is something that um, we constantly talked about, not daily and probably not even monthly, but often. Like I felt like it was something that um, due to my age, I should, I was like, I need to come to a clear conclusion. So as life would have it, we read and discussed and read and discussed and Um, one article that really helped, I think it helped both of us, but I think the the article that really helped me was a Q and a with one of my favorites, Cheryl Strayed, um, where a guy called in saying, he didn't call in, he wrote in basically saying he was 40 or 41 and didn't, you know, what happens when you're not lucky enough to just know when that you want children. And so Cheryl Cheryl's answer, which I'm going to read to you, I mean, it's very long. So um, if you if you read if you want to find it, you can just Google Cheryl Strayed. Um, What did I Google Cheryl Strayed? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to have a child. I'm sure that I'll have it. It'll come up. It should be the first thing if you do that. But anywho, Cheryl says. 
If a magic baby fairy had come to me when I was childless and 34 and promised to grant me another 10 years of fertility and good knees so I could live a while longer in the serene, feline-focused, fabulously unfettered life I had, I'd have taken it in a flash. I, too, had spent my adult years assuming that someday when it came to becoming a mother, I'd just know. I, too, placed myself on the leave me the fuck alone end of the grand gradient of the human condition. I decided to become pregnant when I did because I was nearing the final years of my fertility and because my desire to do this thing that everyone said was so profound was just barely stronger than my doubts about it were. What don't you what don't you know? She says, make a list. And this is something that we did. Write down everything you don't know about your future life, which is everything, of course, but use your imagination. What are the thoughts and images that come to mind when you picture yourself at twice the age you are now? What springs forth if you imagine your, and you can say at the time, you know, my 70 year old self who opted to keep enjoying the same life and what you picture the 70 year old self with a 39 year old son or daughter write down same life and son or daughter and underneath each make another list of the things you think those experiences would give to take from you and then ponder which entries on your list might cancel each other out would the temporary loss of a considerable portion uh, your personal freedom in middle age be significantly neutralized by the experience of loving someone more powerfully than you ever have? Would the achy uncertainty of never having been anyone's mother be diffused by the glorious reality that you got to live your life relatively unconstrained by the needs of another? What is a good life? Write good life and list everything that you associate with a good life, then rank them in order of importance. Have the most meaningful things in your life come to you as a result of ease or struggle? What scares you about sacrifice? What scares you about not sacrificing? So went through that, made lists, thought about it, and sort of came to the conclusion that maybe you're maybe you aren't a hundred percent certain about whether or not to do it, but to think about your, you know, doubling your age, thinking about my um my math is terrible, but it would be 76 and 38 76 year old life would be by then so um we decided that 2017 was the year to at least try um I didn't really think that I would be able to because I don't know if I've told this story here but back when I was 35 I attempted to freeze my eggs which was like a whole drama cycle episode it was um it was like, I went to the doctor, I got the AMH levels tested. They said that basically they were so low, they barely existed. Had a long consultation with the doctor. She said, you know, that I could try it anyway. So I pay the $12,000, uh, 6000 to basically is what the doctor's office sort of holds, you know, in the event, like a deposit and then another $6,000 for the medication that I will never see again. The long and short of it is that it didn't work. And, um, I kind of, I remember the doctor when, you know, because 
you start the shots and then you go in and the doctors, they check your, you know, I guess they do like an ultrasound to see like how the eggs are doing. And I remember the doctor coming in and telling me kind of with this like sad, I'm so sorry face, like, you know, this isn't going to work out. And I just looked at her and I was like, you know what, honey, (laughs) it's fine. I'm actually leaving for Paris in about a week and a half. So like, I'm good. And it really was just like, you know, I can't get too consumed and too caught up in this, but it did sort of like, I guess, grate me for a while that, you know, in my mind, I thought that I had done everything right, you know, waited until I actually was mature enough to be a parent waited until I could afford to be a parent and it's like now that I can do these things I have apparently missed my window um and that that uh railed me for a long time so my partner knew this I had told him the entire story he had a full understanding but he is believe it or not far more optimistic than I am so he goes, I, I hear you. I, I know what you're saying to be true, but why don't we just try anyway? So we did. Um, and this was after I had actually planned the Maitachu retreat. Um, I really didn't think it would happen. So I obviously carried on with it. And I also had come to the conclusion that if it wasn't going to be like if I was going to allow that to stop me, um, then it would be something else. Like there, there was always going to be something big happening that would make me feel like it was bad timing. And so I said, you know what, moving forward and I am going on the retreat. I'm really excited, uh, to do that as well. Um, so what did I do? I purposely decided to try to slow my body down by not traveling for the first 90 days of the year. Um, I needed that for myself and to actually be around to do the kind of things you need to do to make babies. Um, lots of eating at home, lots of enjoying my home and enjoying the life that I work to build. Um, the plan was to not, uh, I'm not a fan of, I, I totally respect people who count the days and what is it, ovulation and all that, but I just know, I just knew that I was not going to be good at that. So I kind of just guessed. classic I kind of just guessed and was like I think this is the time it may or may not be but you know I felt like that worked best for me and obviously everybody's got to do what works for them um so long story short I was shocked to learn that I had conceived in April I was even more shocked when I miscarried at the end of May um you can imagine how floored I was when I found out I was pregnant again in July um I had one month off. I have been pregnant for most of 2017, you guys. <laughs> um, and not just that, I have been experiencing early pregnancy for most of 2017. While I am grateful as hell, I am also very salty. So you can be both. Um, so that has been, I mean, I have just, in general, it has been a very different sort of year for me. Um, an emotionally, I guess you can say taxing kind of year, because even in the positives and the negatives, it's still a lot to process. Um, I got very lucky, um, with the medical care that I have been able to receive because I was on the heels of a miscarriage. Um, I actually, what was crazy is that 
I miscarried and then I connected with someone who connected me with a doctor who um, was difficult to see, but she was like, I think her office said they could take, she could take me in like six weeks. So I miscarried. Um, a couple weeks later, I make the appointment because I wanted to go in and have a conversation with her and kind of be like, is there anything wrong? And by the time I made it to that appointment, I was pregnant again. Um, and so because of that, she sent me through a series of tests, which was amazing. Like I literally was in the office for forever. And from there, I got referred to a perinatologist who's like a specialist with babies, like for high risk. So because I am 38, I am considered high risk. Um, and through that office, I was connected with the midwife who has been amazing. And so I really do feel like the stars have so far aligned this time around in the amount of care that I have been able to receive and the type of care that I have been able to receive. So that part is a plus. And it's not just about, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much much access you have finding good health care, like people who care is is difficult so I feel very lucky the last time I'm the very first time I met with my midwife she gave me like a hug we talked for hours and so it really sort of like eased my mind about a lot of things um as far as loss I'm still very nervous uh I think about having to go back and tell everyone bad news um I do think about that but the way my mind is set up is that I can't allow that fear to rule me. If I have to come back and say that, I have to come back and say that. And I think that that's the most difficult thing. Like the hardest thing I think with loss for me is how women feel about it and how common it is, right? Like the minute that you start to talk about it, everyone not everyone but so many people will tell you oh my god I miscarried or this happened or that happened and we found out like when I talked to my parents and my partner talked to his mom like that she had experienced loss and my mom had experienced loss and so I feel like the more we talk about it the more we realize that like we aren't alone and not feeling alone in something is really um to me it's comforting so I that was one of the reasons why I wanted to just go ahead and just like I'm going to get it out there I'm going to announce and I actually have some speaking engagements coming up and I think that I think at this point it's very difficult to hide my stomach so I was like let me just tell people so I can move on with my life um but uh the fear exists but we do it anyway and bravery is like we'll do what we have to do if we have to do it um talking about the loss with my mother and father is really how I managed to get the most comfort. What was so crazy is that when I told my mom, so I told both my parents that I was pregnant. Then I told both my parents that I wasn't. And then, and my parents are divorced, but then, so I told them separately. And so when I called my mom, my mom was one of the first people I called when I found out I was again. And my mom was just like, wow, that's, she was like, yeah, you know, I figured you would, I figured you would be because, um, I had a miscarriage before each child that I had. And I'm just like, really mom? Like, why didn't she, I, I felt like I could have used that news when I had the loss. Right. And then what was so crazy is that when I told my dad, my dad was like, oh yeah, like I figured you would be, 
um, because your mom miscarried before you and your brother. And I just was like, wow. Okay. So I guess the knowing the family history has helped me. Right. So if you know that, like knowing that my mom experienced this before each child kind of like made me feel like maybe this is just genetic thing for me, maybe just sort of what happens. Um, and I haven't been, I've got to admit, I have not been, um, as worried. I was really worried the first time, which was crazy. Like I I really was. And so I really haven't been as worried this time. Like I do have those moments of doubt that creep in and I'm pretty sure people who have, who have, who have experienced loss, you start to have that feeling like, am I still pregnant? You know that feeling, right? And you're like Googling to all be damned. So I've been trying to stay off the internet, stay off the message boards, um, and just kind of go with the flow. As far as my diet, I really didn't eat very healthy the first few months. Um, I felt like I had a hangover every single day. Um, I finally was able to get back to eating healthy foods about three weeks ago, and that has been awesome. Uh, I started back at the gym about two weeks ago. Uh, for the most part, I just really wasn't up for it. And I also was nervous about working out in the beginning. And so I said, you know, once I get over whatever that safe mark is, is when I'll go back and exercise has been, I've been keeping my heart rate in the 140 range, 140, 150. So I'm doing like really light workout, but I'm still sore because I'm working on my butt and my thighs because that's really important to me. So I'm doing, um, sort of like, you know, getting on my knees and doing like heel kicks to the sky and doing like dog legs and I'm using some kettlebells and I'm doing some overhead presses and I'm walking on the treadmill and I'm doing the elliptical. So I'm doing a lot of things and I feel better on the days that I exercise. So I really like that. Um, so I have, uh, I, I I was going to share some things from my journal, my personal journal that I wrote about this journey, um, just to intimately share with you guys. Uh, So on the day that I miscarried, I wrote in my journal, I am disappointed. I don't know that I'm sad. I almost don't even feel like I have the right to be sad. Um, I have never been one of those I deserve kind of people. You know, I would like, and then I put fill in the blank. And if you see fit for me to have it, I will accept it. So dot 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 it's over for now and that's pretty much how that was the only thing that I wrote in my journal that day and I am that kind of person where I was deep deeply disappointed but um I didn't feel like I had the right to be sad uh which I'm pretty sure is debatable depending on who you are but I felt like whatever I'm supposed to have I will have it you know your will be done so if you see fit for me to have it, I will accept it. And if I don't, I will be just fine. So then I, two and a half months later, I write, I am seven weeks pregnant. (laughs) When I think about when this may have happened, it had to be just before the 4th of July, somewhere around there. It had to be then. Yesterday, I went to a very long doctor's appointment with tons of tests, and I'll wait until Wednesday for the ultrasound and and to meet with the high-risk doctor your will be done. Um, Later on, I go on to write, we are all so excited to meet this little baby. I still can't believe that my 0% confidence in having my own biological child would happen like this. How can you not believe in miracles? This is the part where you say, I know 
this was all you and none of me. And for that, I'd like to say thank you, Lord. I think I'll announce next Saturday once I'm completely out of the first trimester, which I can't seem to figure out. Is it after the 12th week or the 13th week? And so that's kind of where I left off with that. And for those of you that know, I announced a couple of weeks ago, um, I guess to wrap it all up, I am very much looking forward to this. I am so curious to see how this next act of my life is going to turn out. I feel so incredibly lucky to have a partner that I know will be amazing at this and that has been holding me down all throughout this very um, exhausting already pregnancy. I already thought he was great and then he went to a new level once we learned I was expecting. Um, This baby is so lucky. So, so gifts have already begun to pour in. I feel like every day I go to the mailbox, there's something new for this child. Um, with two parents that are used to shining in our own respective fields, it is exciting to be in the background supporting this new light. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that is it so far. I'll continue to share more um, as I feel comfortable. So thank you very much. Next question comes in she says hey my league you may have answered this before but I would love a podcast or advice solely on how to stay focused and motivated when you are your own cheerleader when your bosses don't care your family and friends don't understand etc so this is what I have to say Erica I learned a long time ago that if I was the only if I was only going to work for applause I'd never get anything done a lot of times we think we've done something so amazing and maybe our boss or whoever it was just didn't find it to be that great. And maybe it wasn't. That's okay too. I think a lot of times, um, and somebody else wrote this on the Facebook is like, we go to work and we do things or we chime in or we, you know, we help out. And if, if somebody's not like, you know, giving you a gold medal or a gold star every time you do something like you're feeling a little bit hurt. And the truth is that like, that's what you're getting paid to do. Right. Um, that is the job. And so getting praise, but more, most of all being validated, uh, feels good, but it's not necessary. You have to learn to appreciate yourself. I am very good at giving myself props. My mom always teases me. Don't pull a muscle patting yourself on the back. I think it's something that I learned to do as a child when I got straight A's and no one seemed to make a big deal about it. I made my own big deal about it. I'm amazing. Who can see me? Nobody. I still say that to this day. I've gotten so good at it that I get nervous when people notice me because I'm so good. I have gotten so good at giving my myself praise. This is your life to live. I'd also challenge you to let go of the notion that the boss doesn't care unless they've said that to you. If they haven't, stop making up stuff. You honestly don't know. You think the boss doesn't care. You aren't sure. And until someone says something directly to you, consider it unsaid. We will ruin ourselves creating thoughts for others. Our family and friends won't always understand our life because they aren't living it. You won't always understand theirs. So stay focused on you. You can't play and win your game, swinging your neck around, worried about everybody else. Alrighty. Next question was, I'd love to hear about the HR component of being a boss. Um, With being a young boss, how do you create boundaries with your employees that aren't too distant, but also does not promote friendship? Can you be friends with your employees? When do you think it's time to cut someone versus promoting? Um, Tips to keep the team engaged and fired up. So 
quick answer is boundaries were super important yet very difficult for me to learn at first and a lot of times my therapist would always say to me you know my leak you're new at this and you are learning on the job and so I think a lot of us have to give ourselves grace in general if you are learning on the job that does not mean that you're not going to get bruised along the way but that there's only one way to learn and that's basically by doing so I made a lot of mistakes I'm better. I'm not perfect, but I'm better. Um, the hardest thing about being a young black woman and hiring other young black women is what I like to call the homegirl effect. Um, it's like, I look like your friend, but I'm not. The same thing goes for like people pitching me things online is that I can't tell you how many times I get DM'd, hey girl, hey boo, and then asking me for resources. And I'm just like, would you approach any other company or professional this way? And I'm certain that you wouldn't. And so I think it's very hard to you know, keep the lines clear, even if I'm in a casual environment, you know, I used to go on tour with rock stars, just because people are casual doesn't mean that they they don't deserve your respect, they're still paying you. So I respect my employees, I like to know how they feel how they feel, and make sure they aren't going through any serious life crises. Um, I do not hang out with them outside of work, but I have invited them over to my house for holiday parties. And we've done cool things at work and after work. Um, I have gotten personal from time to time because we spend a lot of time together. You just always have to know in the back of your head that at any time you may have to have a really hard conversation with someone and you don't want to cross the line to the point where you feel like you can't have it. Um, something that took me a while to learn, but I've gotten better at establishing criteria and measuring against the criteria is always the best when making decisions of advancing or cutting someone as far as keeping people engaged and fired up. That's still a forever working process for me because work is work. And some days it isn't, it isn't necessarily fun for me, but it must be done. I try to plan things and celebrate and provide opportunities to learn and just say thank you as often as I can. So that is my quick Q&A um, podcast. Thank you for listening.